Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that He has called you to do. Well, I want to get right into the message this morning, um, and we're just excited to, uh, to talk. I, I had prepared a message on Mother's Day, um, and then I threw it out because there was a thought in my head that I just couldn't shake, and I thought we should talk about what was in the thought in my head more than the message. So uh, here we go. Today I want to talk about, and this is like so not a spiritual, like if you're like, I just want some like spiritual meat on my bones. <laughs> this is the wrong service for you. So. I want to talk about personalities because our personalities are so unique and they reflect who we are on the inside and they reflect Jesus because it's coming through us. And if, if you say you're a Jesus lover and a Jesus follower, people are looking at your life and sometimes it's our personalities that make Jesus look bad. So I want to talk about personalities today because our personality is sort of like our culture, like our personal unique brand, the things that we do, the things that we don't do, like kind of what makes us us. Now, what I love about personalities is everybody's personality has some strength. Like there's something about you that's unique and it's amazing and it's, it's wonderful. But if we're being honest, every personality usually also has some form of weakness. Like um, if you're visiting, uh, first of all, welcome. We're glad you're here. We don't normally look like this and we don't normally have airplane fans blowing cold air from the lobby in. Uh, give us a few more weeks and we'll have everything buttoned back up and put back to normal. Um, but I am from um, the East Coast. I was um, born and raised in the Maryland area right outside of Washington, D.C. But my, my parents divorced when I was a kid. My dad's from, from New York. He's from Queens. And moved, he moved back to New York. Um, so I grew up in between Washington and New York. So if you're wondering why I'm sort of just like obnoxious and loud and brash and bold, opinionated, I'm going to blame it on being from the Northeast, but really it's just my personality. I was just kind of born that way. I've, you know, my sister is not obnoxious and she was born in the same area. So uh, I'm just kind of loud and obnoxious. And the other thing that I picked up um, along the way and I added it to my personality, if for most of my life I got super angry. I don't know if it was being from the Northeast. I don't know if it was going through, you know, a dysfunctional divorce family kind of screwed up life. I didn't, I wasn't raised in a super Christian home. I didn't give my heart to Jesus until I was a teenager. You know, like, I don't know where it came, but I was just like this angry guy. And um, I would throw like big temper tantrums and I would get big mad. And I, but my, my, I would go from zero to a hundred and just be a jerk to people. And as I was, Growing in my faith and growing in my walk with God, and uh, I was going into ministry. You know, I was a youth pastor. You know, as a young age, and um, the Lord kept like pointing it out, and He'd be like, like every time I I throw a big temper tantrum, the Holy Spirit would be like. But I, I wanted God to do that. You know, like I was even asking the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be a jerk face, angry guy. Like I want you to shine your flashlight of love into my heart so that you point out these areas of my life that I need to change. And it would be easy to say, dude, it's just a part of my personality. Or, you know, I'm from the Northeast. It's just, it's part of why I'm a jerk. But I, I knew that it wasn't Christ-like. And I knew that I needed my personality to conform to be more like Christ. So before we move on, and if I'm gonna talk for the next few minutes, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit's flashlight of love to shine on your heart. Is there an area of your life, and it might be a part of your personality, and it's always been there, but if you be honest, it's the area that you tend to drop the ball, 
and you lack character. You, you struggle like me with anger, or maybe you struggle with lust, or you struggle um, with sleeping with somebody that you're not married to, or you struggle um, with lying, or you struggle with anxiety or depression, or you struggle with addiction, or you struggle with overeating, or like there's just something in your life that you would say it's your personality, but really it's you dropping the ball and not acting like Christ. So my first question would be, have you humbled yourself before God? and asked him to forgive you if it's sin. Some personality things are not sin. We're gonna talk about that later. Um, but if it is a sin thing, like mine was, have you asked God to forgive you of that sin? And have you asked the Holy Spirit to shine his flashlight of love into every nook and cranny of your heart so that you can transform those areas of your life? Now, go back to my story. Today, I rarely get angry. Like, I've, I've really, um, been intentional about working on overcoming anger and having the Holy Spirit transform me. And um, I mean, I still get angry sometimes, but it's, it's nothing like the old days. Um, and now when I get angry, instead of me like yelling and screaming and being big mad, um, normally what it is is I just get rude and I get kind of snarky. And not for an hour, but like for 30 seconds. I'm just kind of a jerk. Um, and usually I only get mad and rude and snarky with the people that I love the most. Is that weird? Like this week, Josie called me. I was out in California on a, a work trip, church trip. Josie called me. She gave me some information and then she gave me her opinion. But because I disagreed with her opinion, I reacted in like this visceral overreaction, big mad, you know, for 15 seconds. And I was rude to the person that I adore most of anybody else on this planet. And we, we hung up the phone and I'm like, and the Holy Spirit's like, what the heck was that about? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, like I'm a jerk to the woman that I adore. L last month, our staff, we were debriefing our Easter service. And we go around the room and all the staff, we talk about all the things that went great. And Lene takes notes. So it's like, hey, let's do that again. But sometimes, you know, we run into things that it's like, hey, we could do better. And if we do a big event or we do Easter next year, let's not do this. So we, we write those things down too. And at the very end of the meeting, Jeff says, hey, I think we should X, Y, Z. And because I disagreed with Jeff, I was like a rude, snarky jerk to Jeff. Not for an hour, but just for 10 seconds. And... I love Jeff almost as much as I love Josie. I love Jeff more than most people on the planet. If you don't know, Jeff, big, big tall guy that was standing here leading worship, he and I have worked together for more than 10 years. Every day, like I love this man like family, like my own blood. But it bugged me so much that six weeks later I had to write a sermon about it. <laughs> like I just, I couldn't shake it. And then I remembered this as I was kind of mulling this over for a month. I remember this story uh, years ago, Josie and I were sitting down and just talking with and getting to know and, and learning from another pastor couple that are a few years older than us. At the time, they were in their 50s and they had been ministering for many, many years. And they were encouraging us to use um, the DISC personality profile, which we already use in Growth Track. By the way, in addition to not having youth after service, there's no Growth Track after service today. We want you to go out, take your mom, take your grandma to lunch, call your mom, uh, whatever that looks like. Um, so Growth Track 2 will be next Sunday. Um, but, but they were saying we should really get to know the DISC for all of our staff and all of our lay leaders, people that are youth group leaders, people that are dream team leaders, because it will really help us to understand people and understand their personalities. But I didn't really remember many of the details of that little meeting, but I do remember this. The wife said, for me, understanding my personality transformed my life because um, 
they, at that time they'd been married over 30 years, and she said, um, since 30 years ago, I have changed my personality. And I thought, what the heck? Like, you can change your personality? Like, isn't that, is that even right to do that? You shouldn't change your personality. You should be who God made you to be, right? But she said, listen, my natural born personality was this like young, bold, opinionated, like rash, strong, outspoken person. And I'm like, I, I feel you, my sister. But she said, but I was also a Christian my whole life and it was fine as a teenager, but as I got married and then we got into ministry, my personality was causing problems, both at home in our new marriage and at our church. And um, if you weren't here a couple weeks ago, I talked about um, living under spiritual authority. Last Sunday, we talked about living in spiritual authority. But two weeks ago, we talked about living under spiritual authority. And I read the super unpopular Bible verses about God creating men and women differently. I know that sounds bananas in 2020 that men and women are different. But, um, but we're different but equal. And that God, especially in marriage, is the example in what these Bible verses are. God created us to serve one another, that we would be submitted one to another, but that God's plan and design for the family is that the father, the husband, would be the head of the house. And, um, that, and now don't get me wrong, the husband in the same verses, it will serve and submit to the wife even unto death. Like it's a major commitment that we both serve and submit to one another, but that the father, the husband would be the head of the house. And our friend, the pastor's wife was saying in their early days of marriage and in ministry, she struggled because her personality was so bold, so strong, so, so challenging of everything. And she was honest. She said, I wasn't submitted to my husband in marriage and I wasn't submitted to his authority at the church. And I created all sorts of problems. So she said, it was after learning about the personality profile, realizing that there were aspects of my personality that were amazing, that were strong, that were healthy, that were good. There was also another side of that coin that she said, I wasn't being humble, I wasn't being gentle, I wasn't submitted to my husband's authority, and I was creating all this trouble. Now, once she learned to transform herself and change her personality and then submit to God, submit to her husband, he's a great guy. So it wasn't like he was trying to crush her and keep her down. He lifted her up and he encouraged her and they, they co-led together and did so very well. What's the point? In my life, I've changed my personality because I wanna be more like Jesus. And I, I don't, and I tell you what, when I read the scriptures, Jesus wasn't a jerk to people. Now, Jesus would speak the truth, but he would always speak the truth in love. He wasn't rash with people. Now that we have a, a, these little incidences of Jesus getting angry, but Jesus never had unrighteous, sinful anger. I did. And um, at our core, we should want to be Christ-like. We should want to be just like Jesus because Jesus is our example and we should want to be more like him. And my, here was my problem. And here's why I got snarky with Josie and why I got snarky with Jeff. It's because I have come so far. It's like when I look back, I'm like, oh, I'm not the same man I used to be. I'm like a whole different person. But I stopped working on getting better. It's kind of like I set up to climb a mountain and I, I, I psyched myself up and I, I, I ate healthy <laughs> and I, I um, Speaking of which, the hotter it gets in here, the more I plan on ditching the jacket, but the more self-conscious I am about my t-shirt being tied on my belly. But then it's like, hey, I chose to eat that food and then you're gonna have to look at it. So, um, <laughs> but it is, getting, it is getting a little muggy under this jacket. So I almost said moist, but some people don't like that word. So 
there's a reaction. So, swampy? No. So, but imagine I'm going to climb a big tall mountain and I get up early in the morning and I drive to the parking lot at the base of the mountain and I drink my water and I get ready and I start climbing and conquering the mountain, right? And um, I get up about halfway up the mountain and it's like, dude, I am, I'm up here where the air is clear and I can see way down in the parking lot and it's like, I have made it. But at that point, you can't take a selfie and be like, I have conquered the mountain when you're only halfway up. Like, you can't, you can't celebrate there. You have to keep going. I, I can see the top. I, 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 maybe at the bottom, I couldn't even see where I was going. But now I can see where I'm going, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost there, but I'm not quite there yet. So, yeah, I used to get angry for like an hour and throw big, mad temper tantrums, and now I just become snarky for 30 seconds. But that's only halfway up the mountain. I stopped transforming my personality. But I need to continue walking with Jesus, transforming my life to be more like Jesus until I get to the top of this, the top of this mountain. You know what I'm saying? All right, here comes it. Now I made a big deal about it. it wouldn't, nobody would have thought about it if it, I hadn't said anything about it. So, would you stop, you weirdos? Um, yes, I'm sucking it in. So, it's okay, at some point I'll forget and be like. <laughs> What's your thing? What is the thing that God has pointed out to you that you need to transform? Is it an aspect of your personality? Is it a thing that you struggled with and the Holy Spirit's been like, hey, you could, you could do better here. And, and, and are you, maybe you're already out of the parking lot and you're halfway up the mountain, but the Holy Spirit had me encourage you with this sermon and my story and say, listen, we could all do better. The Apostle Paul was writing a letter to the church in Rome, and he said that we are the ones that need to change. Jesus doesn't change. We transform to be more like Jesus. Romans 8.29 says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. We are called by God to be conformed into the image of Jesus. He never changes. We are the ones that need to change. We are the ones that need to conform to the image of Jesus. So, what's your thing? Um, if you're angry a lot, like I was, Jesus was always self-controlled, and he got angry, but he never sinned. Are you loud? Are you proud and arrogant and opinionated? Are you fault-finding? Are you judging other people? Because Jesus wasn't. Are you critical of other people? Jesus wasn't. Do you get drunk or, or high or look at porn or sleep with somebody you're not married to or lie? Jesus never did any of those things. So what do we do about the people that um, their issue is not sin? What if part of your personality is that you are extremely shy, introverted, meek? There's nothing wrong with that. There's no sin in that aspect of your personality. But... Jesus asked us to share the gospel with other people. And Jesus created you quiet. Jesus created you to be an introvert. But he still asks you to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and take the gospel to the whole world until everybody hears. Sometimes, even though you're meek and quiet and introverted, and there's nothing wrong with that, sometimes you need to roar like a lion. Because there's a part of our personalities that needs to conform to be more like Jesus. Now, if it's a non-sinful thing, like being meek and quiet and introverted, you don't need to repent of any sin. But if you're like me, if, if whatever your thing is, and the Holy Spirit is like, the first step is to repent. Ask God to forgive you of that sin, and then to, to change, to be more like Jesus. Remember when you were a kid, you used to play the game Simon Says, and you had to do exactly 
what Simon told you to do and not what Simon did not tell you to do? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, and he said, church, we're gonna play Simon Says with Jesus. Ephesians chapter five and verse one, he says, I want you to be an imitator of God, like beloved children. So when you read your Bible and you see the character traits of Jesus, you need to compare that with your life because he is the one we imitate. And Jesus is playing Simon Says, and he's looking to see if we're watching him closely, if we're listening to Jesus closely, and if we're imitating Jesus, if we're conforming to the image of Jesus because he's playing Simon Says. So I needed to change my personality. Whether I liked it or not, I could not continue the way I was and still be a jerk. I had to change to be more like Jesus. And it's different for everybody. So when I really got to thinking about it this week, it's, yes, I needed to transform my personality and the weaknesses of my personality, but what I really needed to do was let the love of God shine through every aspect of my life. Because if there's any part of me that is unloving, that got to go. If there's any part of me that's unloving with God's love, that is what is not Christ-like. So if we're supposed to be imitators of God, if we're supposed to be transformed into the image of God, then we have to play Simon Says with God's love. And of course we know what love is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is always patient. Love is always kind. So we're talking about Jesus, but we're also talking about our own lives. We are to be patient. We are to be kind because love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant. Love is not rude. Love does not insist on getting its own way. I was in traffic in California, all, you know, just getting off the plane, there's traffic in California. And um, you know how when the, maybe the construction workers are shutting a lane off so everybody has to submit to one another and be humble to one another and show love to one another and then certain California drivers and their Teslas are going around you in the shoulder? I wasn't feeling love for these people. But I also had to remember that love does not insist on its own way. And I also had to remember that love is not irritable. Love does not resent those people. Love blesses those people. Love doesn't rejoice when people are doing wrong. Love rejoices in the truth. Love, remember love is patient, so therefore love bears all things. Love believes all things. Look at these last few verses. Love hopes in all things. Love endures all things. So our job, church, is to ask the Holy Spirit to shine his big flashlight of the love of God into every character, nook and cranny of our lives. And if there's anything that is not oozing God's love, we are the ones that need to change our personality to allow the Lord to transform us. The King David put it this way, it's recorded in Psalm 139. He said, Lord, I want you to search me with that big searchlight of love. I want you to know my heart, test me. Test all of my anxious thoughts. Look at verse 24. Point out anything in me that offends you. That should be your prayer, Lord. Point out anything in me, anything in my character, anything in my personality, anything in my culture that offends you and lead me on the path of everlasting life. Let me give you a final thought. He said, final thought, you're done already? I, I knew it was gonna be hot in here, so I wrote a short sermon. <laughs> final thought. We're gonna need some help if we're gonna follow this path of everlasting life. We can't go it alone because we're usually blind to our own weaknesses. It's kinda of like if you walk by that fan in the lobby and your hair gets messed up, you're really not gonna know until you look in a mirror. And in our personality, in our culture, we don't have a mirror that's gonna reflect back at us the weaknesses in our personality, so we need to phone a friend. We need to ask a sibling. We need to ask a spouse 
or a parent. Hey, you love me. You're invested in my life. Is there any part of my, my personality, any part of my character that needs to change? Or maybe you've been walking with God for a while and you'd be honest and say, listen, friend, lover, you know, part person in my life, is there any aspect of my personality where I'm doing better, but I'm only halfway up the mountain? I want to do better. I want to conform my life to look more like Jesus. I want to surrender my life to reflect the love of God in every aspect of my life. And what I want you to do is if they say, hey, I don't know that you've ever thought of this, but you're, you tend to lie. Like you have a really loose definition of truth and you love people so much that when you get put in a tight situation, you'll come up with a little white lie to save face and save relationship. Or, hey, I've noticed that you don't have one glass of wine, you have one box of wine when we get together. And I know that the Bible says we're not supposed to get drunk or high or look at porn or whatever. But you need to ask people to be your mirror. You need to ask the people that you love, hey, is there any area of my life that I could do better? And then what I want you to do is whatever that one or two things are, the big ones, the ones, like, don't try to, if it's like, well, okay. And they list off 10 things, like let's just deal with one or two, okay? I want you to do a Bible study and search the Bible for verses that deal with that area, with that issue, and then get some three by five cards and write out those Bible verses. Put those Bible verses on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth. Put those Bible verses in your car. Put those Bible verses in your, your cubicle at work. And out loud, it's important, I want you to do it out loud, that you repeat those Bible verses. I have a sound mind. I live a self-disciplined life. What, whatever it is for you. I have, maybe it's an eating thing. You go to food more than you go to Jesus. Put it on your fridge. I live a self-disciplined, self-controlled life. And you, I want you to pray those out loud. And what's gonna happen is it's gonna transform your life. So what that's gonna do is that's gonna get you out of the parking lot and get you about halfway up the mountain. You're gonna have to make some difficult decisions in your life. And if you are halfway up the mountain and you trip and fall and you throw a big temper tantrum or you get a big drunk or you sleep with, you know, sleep with somebody you're not married to or you tell a big lie or you, know, you fall back into your thing, whatever your thing is, you need to have grace with yourself. So many people, they set out to like, hey, I could do better. And we try, and then we fail, and then we beat ourselves up, and we disqualify ourselves from ever getting to the top of the mountain. Listen, I was a jerk to Jeff and Josie, but I, I love them so much that I, I wrote a sermon about it, and I want to do better. I can't just beat myself up and stay there. I need to get better. I need to get to the top of this mountain. So whatever that looks like for you, don't go it alone. Get your friends involved. Get your, your roommates involved. Get your spouse involved. Get your parents involved. And, and, and let's, let's conquer this thing together because I want you to be more like Jesus. I want you to continue to play Simon Says with Jesus. Simon Says, stand up. <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, let's play Simon Says. What do you want me to do? Because Jesus says, be patient. Jesus says, be kind. Jesus says, be humble. Jesus says, be self-controlled. Jesus says, don't be irritable. Jesus says to believe the best. Jesus says to live your life that is a way that's so full of hope and joy. So many of you have the eternal life-giving spirit of the living God living on the inside of you, but you haven't told that little crease between your eyeballs yet. Because you walk around like every day is tax day and you owe the government money. 
But you can't live like that all day, every day because you're not reflecting the love of God in every room you walk into. Smile. You're not going to hell and your sins have been forgiven. You've got something to smile about. You know what I'm saying? In addition to asking somebody for help, in addition to writing down some three by five card Bible verses that you're gonna say out loud, I want you to take another, a third practical step and that would be to create some new habits in 21 days. You, you, you need 21 days of every single day, you are gonna retrain your brain to not do the old thing, but instead have a new habit of, of doing something that is bold, doing something that is like Jesus. Let's take one of the ones that's not sinful. Let's take being uh, super shy and introverted. That's not a sinful thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But then I remind you that Jesus is like, yeah, we are to share the love of God with everybody. We're to, to be a sign and a wonder. We are to be a light in the darkness. We're to, to minister to people. And you're like, yeah, I've, I've never, ever, ever shared the gospel with anybody. All right, well, here's an opportunity for you to transform your life. Why don't you start by just smiling at somebody? Like somebody at work and you're just walking by and you just right? That's day one. The next day, you're going to smile, and then you're going to do a good morning. <sighs> hey, listen, super introverted people, I know that's tough for you. I'm not asking you to jump all the way to having lunch with them. We're starting with looking at them in the eye, and then we're going to smile, and then we're going to say good morning. By the end of the week, you'll be talking about the weather. Introverted, nervous people are like, no, just no. But your heart's beating fast right now. Listen, the reason I'm asking you to do this is because eventually I want you to sit down and have lunch with them in the break room and say, hey, I don't know what church you go to, but I go to a great church in Euless. I'd like to give you this little invite card. And then you can go eat your lunch outside. <laughs> and then I want you to like say, hey, listen, last week, I didn't mean to pry, but I overheard you talking very loudly about the trouble that you're having with your friend or your sister. And I want you to know, I've been praying for you, and I'm just believing God that's gonna work that out. And they're like, you've been, you've been praying for me? Like, quietly and introverted, but yes, I've been praying for you. And you, in 21 days, you go from being a quiet, introverted person, and that's the way God made you, but you're also being bold like a lion, and you're demonstrating the love of God to people in every room you walk into. Now, if your thing, like my thing, is sinful, Today, you start with asking God to forgive you. You start with repentance. You pray and ask the Lord to break off that stronghold that's been in your life for a long time. Also, I want you to look at your parents or your grandparents, aunts and uncles. If they struggled in the same sin that you're struggling with and it's just been a part of your personality, I want you to take out a Holy Ghost saw and cut off that part of your family tree because you don't want to hand that off to your kids. So make a plan, set some goals, and then reward yourself when you're halfway up the mountain. Take a selfie and be like, I'm not there yet, but I can see there from here, and I'm gonna keep moving in that direction. I'm gonna keep moving to be more like Jesus. I'm gonna keep transforming my personality to be more like Jesus' personality. It's okay to stop halfway and celebrate, but you have to keep moving until you've completely conquered that thing. And then the funny thing is, let's say you get to the top of the mountain and you haven't gotten drunk in years, you haven't gotten high in years, you haven't slept with somebody you're not married to in years, you haven't gotten angry in years, you haven't lied in years, the Holy Spirit's gonna be like, Dude, 
dude, great job. I'm so proud of you. Can we go back to the parking lot on this issue right here and mount up and let's conquer this one? And you're like, crud, am I ever gonna get there? You are gonna get there. And when you see Jesus face to face, then you've arrived and you can stop working on changing your personality. Speaking of seeing Jesus face to face, the life that you live is temporary. You're gonna live 70, 80, 90, 100 years. You're gonna fall asleep with all of your family and grandchildren around you, people that love you, and you're gonna see Jesus face to face one day. Are you ready for that meeting? Some people are like, especially young people, like, listen, I'm, I'm young, I'm still asking questions, I still don't know. You know, in, in high school and biology and science, you know, we were taught that there is no God and this whole thing was just exploded and happened. And it was just this week, somebody, a pastor friend of mine in Seattle, his video was shared and somebody liked it, so it popped up on my feed. And he took off his shoe and he was wearing a pair of Nikes, his cost more than mine, but that's okay, I'm not jealous. He said, church family, I want you to look at this shoe. This part here is kind of a nylon material and this is rubber and this is plastic and um, there's foam in the middle and you know it fits my foot perfectly and there's a little air pocket right down there. And even these laces, it's like a little woven together lace and all that. You're telling me that at the factory in China, there was an explosion and this popped out? just raining from the sky out of the explosion at the factory in China, all of this detail and uniqueness and perfection happened? It was no accident. Somebody created this. Just look at this world. It was no accident. Somebody created all this. God is real, and you're gonna see him face to face one day. I'm not perfect. In some areas of my life, I'm at the top of the mountain. In other areas of my life, I'm halfway up the mountain. And I'm sure there's other areas in my life that I think I'm doing great. And the Holy Spirit's like, dude, you're still in the parking lot. We got a lot of ways to go here. My wife's like, amen. <laughs> but I want to see Jesus. Like, I'm not afraid to die. I don't have a death wish, but I'm excited to see Jesus face to face. Am I perfect? Far from it. Am I excited to see Jesus at the top of the mountain? Yeah. What about you? God forbid you get hit by a bus. You know, we have all the buses here in Euless. You're in Dallas, you get hit by a bus. And you died this afternoon. Are you excited? Are you ready to see Jesus? Or is there any part of your life that you're like, yeah, I've got some big holes in my heart that I need to get right with God. Well, why don't we do that right here, right now? What about you that are watching at home online? You were hoping I wouldn't talk to you, but I always like to talk to online people. Hi, online, I love you. Are you right with God? I, I want you to live a long life to 120 years old and quietly die peacefully and joyfully in your sleep, but God forbid, are you ready to meet Jesus face to face? Is there any area of your life that you need to submit, surrender, and ask God to forgive you and make Jesus the Lord of your life? Now, guys, it might be the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like this. It might be the first time in a long time. You've, you've wandered, you've allowed your heart to grow cold, and you're far from God. Today is your day. Let's at least get into the parking lot with Jesus and start working on these areas in our personality, right? 
Let's not stay the same. Let's be conformed into the image of Jesus. He's playing Simon Says. Jesus says, repent of your sin and get right with me. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.